I'm your announcer, Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. Hi there, this is Ronnie Atkins from Pretty Mates, and I give you the right to rock. For two guys who are so metal, their doctors are licensed mechanics. It's Genghis and Ragman. been a month well they don't I've know that not until you do it early whites of yours ah okay they're not really so pearly white <laughs> so yeah, those creamy brown kind of coffee skin with that shade. unfortunately yes yeah hey it happens to the best of us yep. <laughs> you can tell you how to get. 
I'm not going to say that again, but okay. whatever you want to do. The brown note homes. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And, and the beer tonight, the beer of the show is going to give me some dark tea. Going with the <laughs> stout, Holmes. It looks like it. A heavy one, too. Yes, sir. Dude, look at you rocking the Iron Maiden cup. Well, yeah. What else am did, I going to do? Did we go in halfsies at the, that Maiden show? Or did you get a set and I got a set? Or do you recall? I think, I think we each got a set. Oh, okay. Because okay. you get like a set of like four or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And mine are in storage somewhere. I don't even know where the fuck they I are. I think I actually now. ordered mine online, actually. Might oh, did been. you? Because I think they were having like later on. Because every now and then I'd run up to the uh, Iron Maiden merchandise store and uh, check it out. Go to like the clearance section. You can get some really nice shit for pretty cheap if you. Dude, you time notorious for doing that shit. You would get all that badass rush shit for like nothing. Yeah, because 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 you go to the fucking concert. It pisses me off. You go to the concert. The same sweatshirt. I've got the one. That's the one from. Uh, what is it? The. Uh, the anniversary of the, uh, the with the, with the crown on it. The the uh, R forty. No, no, it's one that's got the. Uh, it's celebrating that album with uh, with the puppet guy on it. It's got Cinderella Man on it. I don't know why I can't think of the name of it all the while. All the oh, Test for Echo. No, 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 no. Old one, Cinderella oh, Man. Oh, permanent? No, not permanent waves. Uh, that's got the chick in her panties. You know, um, you're terrible at this. I know what hemispheres. Is that what it is? Hemispheres. I is. think so. I'll have to. F I'll solve the problem myself. You've done hey, nothing hey. for us. It's what? a farewell to kings. That's what it was. So it's it's yeah, a. So it's the anniversary of farewell to kings, and it's got the crown on it and all that shit on it. It's a really nice sweatshirt, and I bet when it first came out, that fucker was probably like eighty dollars. But I got it for like twenty. Yeah. Fucking a, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's the way to go. It's like I don't need shit to be new. I can wait you out. I'm old yeah, as no fuck. Shit. <laughs> no shit. And this uh, sweatshirt's only been worn by about five people. It's no been shit. returned five times. Or it's been sitting on sitting on their fucking shelf at the merch warehouse for like the last twenty years or something. <laughs> no shit. Nobody fuck, wants you get it. it. It fucking smells like mothballs. <laughs> no shit. It stinks of mothballs. Oh, cool. So how you been over there, Paisan? I've been doing all right. The uh, the COVID shit is. Uh, Look a little bit better. I'm, we're not really doing Corona Files so much anymore. It's more, we're back to the standard uh, format, which is kind of cool. And with some of the shit that's gone on this week, well, Texas reopening basically next week. Uh, a lot of people getting vaccinated. They're wondering if shit's going to go south. Um, but all that said, I mean, I have a friend that went and saw Kill Devil Hill last week. I haven't talked to him about the show yet, uh -huh. but that's a kind of a national act. And that's one of the first ones I think I've heard of coming to Houston. Um, uh, okay. You know, post-COVID stuff, right? So, right, right. I, you know, I've seen dates. Um, Night Ranger's coming. I actually texted, uh, I don't want to sound like Eddie Trunk, but I texted Kerry Kelly because mainly he and I bonded over beer. So... It was, oh, well, uh, I saw you with Alice Cooper four or five times. No, no not that bullshit. But anyway, uh, I texted him. He's like, we're playing there in May, really? What's the date? <laughs> he didn't even fucking know. They don't even know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I said, what are you up to? He's like, well, I'm doing a new Night Ranger record. And I asked him if he wanted to come back on the show or once they got you know close with the record. And hadn't heard back, but I heard his mom passed away. So um, sorry to hear that, Carrie. Uh, our condolences to your mother over there. Um, but yeah, them, Winger's coming, Warren. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are going to be coming through town towards the summer, right? And we're not that yeah. far away. We're in March right now. so Yeah, yeah, before you know it. You wonder if concert season could take off. Are festivals going to happen? I don't think we'll see festivals until next year. But I'm already seeing, like, DGM's got a tour planned for Europe. Uh, I think Evergrey's looking at dates. Actually, when I uh, talked to Jonas, I suggested, I said, dude, you got to do a Evergrey um, DGM tour. He's like, dude, that we've been trying to get that together for years. I said, you guys fucking do that. I'm getting on a fucking plane. As long as I can get in your country, and I am fucking going to that show. And I will do that. I vow to the right to rock audience uh-huh. that Ragman will be on a jet plane on a jet plane flying down to Europe to go see one of the baddest concerts of all time. My Two of my favorite fucking bands right now. Yeah. So, that'd be pretty right. awesome, man. Uh, I just, I don't know. Who, who knows what's going to happen. I think the next scary wave of this shit is coming up on spring break. And will spring break... Give us, what were they called, the fourth wave or some bullshit like that? Who even knows, man? Could be. I, I mean, know. it's possible. Yeah, so. That said, um, I think we should play a tune. Yeah. What do you think, Paisan? I'm down with it. What are you thinking? You got anything on your plate? Or maybe we should play something real quick from uh, my boys in uh, DGM. Of course. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, Why would he pick that? That makes no sense. Why do anything new? Why do anything new? I tell you what, let's go with... Uh, this is a really cool song with a brand new record. Let's go with Hope. This time's 
see no any way. of the stuff that um, Simone's been doing where he's he's just like in the studio or something like that and he plays the solo live to several of the songs? No. It's pretty awesome. It's, uh, I bet it is. I think you see it on Instagram quite a bit. Maybe, I'm sure he posts on Facebook. I think it's, those link up pretty well. Uh, uh, I want to see it's probably Instagram. And I love all the stuff that Al Joseph's doing on Instagram too, where he's just like sitting there and just ripping. Oh, like I've been following him for like years, that. man. He's always so like, oh, here's my new favorite guitar. And he's like, some sweet looking uh, axe he's got. And he just throws out some ridiculous uh, solo or something. He also does a lot of exercises and stuff and just kind of gives you a, a window into what his day's like, basically. Like, this is the kind of shit I'm up to. I'm not just sitting on my ass over here during COVID. It's like, I'm. I'm shredding, I'm practicing, I'm doing my stuff, and I'm like, do it, bro. That's the way to do it, man. I'm all about it. Huh. So, does he do like calisthenics and weights and stuff like that? No, what I just said was he does guitar stuff. Why would you think he would get on camera and start doing calisthenics? Well, you don't have to get all fucking pissy about it. Fucking calm down, dude. He's talking about finger exercises. What's your fingering? The fucking guitar, dumbass. Dude, I, I don't know what to do. I can't you take it anymore, Holmes. Shaky. You know what? He's going to drive me to drink. Mr. G... only appropriate response. Ah, ah, ah. Holy sheep shit balls. Oh wow, that's different. Can you see I like that? how you were opening the thing. You're opening a fucking can, but you treated it like the cork thing. You're like, ah, ah, like it took any great strength to do. The fans have missed that. Sure they have. I like how you speak for all the fans all the time. <laughs> They love this. They want this. What's that line in uh, What's that line in uh, Weird Science where he's like, you know, he's like talking about tits, and they're, they're like doing the, the little thing with uh, Kelly LeBrock where they're creating the girl, sure. And he's like, "Whoa, the knee shooters!" He's like, "Anything bigger than a handful will uh, risk a spring thumb or something." Spring like that. tongue. You're risking spring a spring tongue. tongue. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Now, I'm willing to risk that, but I but I can't argue with it. You got to do what you got to do. I just yeah. throw myself in. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, tonight, Genghis, yes. we have the Martin House Brewery, the freaking French Toast. There you it's go. a whiskey barrel-aged French Toast Stout, barrel-aged series 2020. 12.9% ABV. They're not fucking around. Fucking A, dude. Do you uh, find anything on this thing? 
Uh, no, just that it said that it's the, the it's aged about three and a half months in whiskey barrels with maple and cinnamon added. Yeah, I'm reading here on the side of the can. The can is fucking amazing. Uh, it says uh, this imperial French toast stout was brewed with cinnamon, lactose, brown sugar, and maple syrup. Aged three to five months. Or I can't read that. I think it's three to five months in whiskey barrels. Brewed mm. on October 13th, 2020. And this right. just came out, uh, 48 IBUs. Yeah. Uh, like I said, 12% ABV. So the can is fucking amazing. Uh, with yeah. the chick on it, it's kind of like that abstract art thing. She's got and the little beret. Yeah. I love the fucking uh, side. The stats they give on you? Yeah, yeah, they give you all the stats on it. Yeah. And it's like, let's handwrite that shit in. See, and the thing is, what that is like, that's sort of like the same feeling you get when. Uh, I mean, I guess sports people are all about like baseball cards and all that shit where you get like you're a player that you liked and you turn around and here's all the cool shit about them, right? I was like yeah. that because I'm a comic book nerd. So when I was growing up, they had baseball cards that were for comic book characters, right? And mm-hmm. so you'd get all the cards and be like, and you could turn around and be like, oh, here's Silver Surfer. Like, here's what his powers are and all that shit. You'd read all the little shit about him. And I always liked that shit. I always liked the little boxes with little in- pieces of information and trivia in them. I, it makes my brain light up for some reason. So that kind of shit does the same thing. The other guys that do that, of course, are the uh, uh, Goose Island. When they do their stouts, you turn on the side, yeah. it's got like all the shit. Like, this is the year it came out. This is what, uh, you know, flavor you're drinking. This is the IBUs. Here's the oh, yeah. the ABV, all that shit. I like all that kind of shit on there. So that that's a pretty cool can. You're right. So I'd give that a four on the can, even though we don't really rate the can officially. Oh, easy. Easy. What do you think have about you, the appearance? Have you ever seen... Well, uh, real quick, have you ever seen the forty-year-old virgin? No. With uh, Steve Carell. No. Yeah, I knew he was in it. Well, it's funny because the first time I saw the name of this, there's a scene with Leslie Mann and uh-huh. uh, Steve Carell where she's like fucked up, and he's uh-huh. taking her home, and she just yaks on him, uh-huh. and she goes, "I need some fucking French toast." That's probably where that came from. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's what everybody does now. They just rip off movies and stuff to make beer names. Oh, dude. Fucking Brash were the kings. Of That's the all they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so. so appearance, uh, it, there's no head or lacing whatsoever. Yeah, it's weird because I, I saw a uh, picture on uh, Untapped with somebody, and the, it, most of the glass was fucking head. So I was yeah. like, oh, I was expecting a big old foamy discharge but nothing huh so you think it's gonna well we know it's alcoholic because it's nearly 13 freaking percent yeah let me let me give a whiff yeah no it smells good it's not as uh unless i'm a little stuffed up here but it's not as just like hitch in the face that's good you don't want it to do that you want a nice aroma but you don't need it to be like super strong it smells like more like maple syrup than anything, which you that's that's figure. the problem I think I find with a lot of stuff that's got maple in it. I'm not a fan of that stuff because they yeah. usually overdo it on the. Maybe that's just the nature of maple. It's just it's too overpowering. So, I don't, or maybe for all I know, I'm slightly allergic to it. I don't know. I love maple syrup on my pancakes, but other than that, mm. I don't have maple in any other fucking form ever. Dude, uh, maple uh, like maple yogurt is pretty fucking awesome. Is it? It's yeah, like maple syrup in your yogurt. It's really good. So that's the thing. I'm not right. a huge fan. I oh, well. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I mean, clearly uh, it's popular. It's in a lot of shit. So for appearance and for a uh, smell or aroma, what do you got? I would say the appearance is a little underwhelming. Maybe three, three and a half on that. Sounds the smell, I'd give it about a three and a half. All right. 
So far, solid um, three and a half. Clinkage. I have a feeling it tastes great. Oh, fuck. That's great. <laughs> I thought oh, you'd like it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's oh one of those things where it's like, God. I bet it tastes amazing, even if it's not great yeah. to look at or smell. Oh, dude. Oh, my God, dude. That is so good. It's like drinking maple syrup. Like you're having breakfast. <laughs> With the vanilla of like, uh, like the you're getting that probably from the bourbon barrels. That kind of and that's what yeah the smoky vanilla oaky kind of yeah notes to it. And I like that. To me, that's a good way to balance. If you're gonna put the maple in, that's fine. But you got to balance it with something because if it's just maple, that's not so great. In fact, remember we had one of the Voodoo Donuts from Rogue, the Voodoo Donut crossover beer that uh, one of them I think had. Yeah, one of them had like a maple right. Yeah, maple, yeah, yeah. something else, pretzel or something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, the one was with bacon. It was maple, maple bacon, bacon or whatever, right? something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the great bacon one was fucking badass. That was really good. Most of their voodoo ones have been fantastic. We, we've had like three oh, yeah. of them, I think. Yeah. Damn, this makes me want voodoo donut. I haven't been there in a long time. Dude, that, I, I went there once, and they were pretty fucking good. Uh, the kid and I were going there for a while, and... Then COVID hit. Well, no, we went post-COVID. Uh, we just, yeah. She's never here, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go get me some donuts this morning. Now, I don't usually do that. I usually, I'm a cheap fuck. I just want to eat here. Yeah, they have the, uh, the the Rogue Voodoo Donut Chocolate Peanut Butter and Banana Ale. Mm. And then they had the the Mango Astronaut Ale. But oh, that's fuck, a good I bet one. That's good. Yeah, but you'd love that one. Uh, they've got here are all the other ones they have. Holy shit! They got the. Let me get this over because I can't quite see that one. They got the bacon maple ale. I think that's the one we had. Yeah, yeah. But they've also got what the fuck? They've got a something raspberry. I fucking hate Pinterest so much. What a worthless fucking site that is. Uh, but it's got all the beers. There we go. Uh, no, it's all bacon maple. They got the one that's the. Pretzel, raspberry, and chocolate ale. That sounds kind of good. Yeah. They don't fuck yeah. with Didn't we had one that had like bananas in it or something? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember which one that was, but I, th- I remember we have. So, anyway, they do. They always do interesting stuff, and I and I respect that. I like that shit. I wish they'd do more because I don't think they've done any since. Rogue used to do a lot of cool, different flavored beers, and now they seem to just kind of do their main beers. Dead yeah. guy and and uh, you know the. The, the what is it the hazelnut brown whatever well i think maybe at the brewery you get more of a variety i was actually in colorado last week and a buddy of mine was like uh, you got to go by blue moon i was like fuck i don't like blue moon uh-huh. and he said dude he goes i know a guy that went and he said you go in there and they got all this cool shit all these other great beers that they just don't distribute yeah. So, I, a lot of breweries, if you go to the tap room, you're going to get a lot of stuff that doesn't get distributed out of the state or even right. out of the brewery for that matter. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty typical. You get some yeah. pretty cool shit, you know? Um, yep. So, I, I being there, I have my core breweries there. So, I said, nah, I'm not going to go to fucking Blue Moon. So, fuck that. But huh, one day, maybe I'll try it out. You have to. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, mate. You got to like, fucking do it. Oh, they got this one, Voodoo Donut Lemon Chiffon Cruller Ale. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, anyway, I don't mean to hold this up. So, overall, you said on the mouthful and the taste, well, uh, mouthfeel, it's, rather. It's a little watery on mouthfeel, um, but the fucking taste is amazing. 
The yeah. can's amazing. The taste is amazing. But there were too many three and a halves not to get uh, to where it probably wouldn't score four. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. But I mean, just a really good solid beer, though, man. I really dig. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I like. I like it a lot, boss. It's so good, mate. It's right, really cool. good. I'm so uh, I guess that calls for a tune. I'm Abe. You got anything, Holmes, or I got something? Uh, no, I got some stuff. Let me jump over there and see what I got. How about something? I've been all getting all genty lately, so, uh, as you pretty But, uh, Monuments, I think, is the name of this one band, and they got a pretty good tune. Oh, dude, Monuments is badass. I dig yeah. those guys. And so, uh, I was watching some playthroughs of, uh, some of their stuff, and, uh, one of the ones I liked was, uh, it's called Vanta. Let's do it. jump into some news or did yeah. you have a topic in mind over there no not particularly we can start off with this though i mean uh we've we've dan- talked about this stuff before but uh now it's official as of march 3rd which was just a few days ago uh in 1986 on march 3rd you know what happened the release of master of puppets oh nice so the 35th anniversary of Master of Puppets uh, just passed us, and kind of hard to believe, but at the same time, not really. I mean, it's been around forever, but, you know, when we were in high school, I graduated high school in 86, so that was when that shit was kicking our assholes. Cliff Burton was still alive. Dude, I, I saw them open up for Ozzy on the uh, the Ultimate Sin Tour. Nice. And I'll never forget, because after that, I had to drive to Austin for a drama competition thing. Or something <laughs> like that. I was like, dude, I'm fucking going to Metallica and Ozzy, and then I'll see you guys Saturday. <laughs> I'll see you and the teacher later. was freaking the fuck out, because everybody was getting on the bus going up on a Friday. I was like, not going to make it. Yeah, I guess you're not going to make it. And dude, I went and met them at Texas Tapes the day of the show. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I got their autographs, but... Met the whole band, every, and I'd met them the year prior too. I think on the Ride the Lightning tour. 
Nice. So I believe I met him twice. So what was it like? How what was Cliff like? I guess is what I really want to know because he's the only one not around anymore, right? Um. Do you remember? I was too stoned. I don't remember. Meow. <laughs> Meow. No, I, I honestly, I, I think they were cool. I remember. I just remember. James, everybody was really cool. Um, and it was so funny. And because I think about it, because the whole evolution of Metallica, where they were and where they are now. And he, on my Kill 'em All, James wrote, Sam, fuck the posers. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck posers. And then they turned into posers. <laughs> All right. You but know, I remember, like, yeah, that was sort of like. Later. Their, right. I remember that was sort of like their mantra was like, fuck the posers. I think. Yeah, yeah. Some, video where they were all screaming that to the audience and they were screaming and then back, so. yeah then they became the posers in bands like winger that evolved be right. it they got who sort of started as proggy. posers but proved that they but, had more oh fuck yeah dude i mean i i remember uh the pull record i think it came out around the same time as the black album and i you list those two records i still listen to pull to this day it was just some great fucking music on there. And the production was so heavy. It was like, I want to, next time I talk to either Kip or Reb, I want to ask him about the production because I think that was one of their heaviest records production-wise because yeah. they just had that crunch and Kip's bass was so heavy and uh, Reb's guitar sound was a lot heavier here, uh, as well. And cool. it came out sometimes the Black Album. I was like... I think Winger Pole is heavier than the Black Record. But, of course, you know, I, I I use that comparison because of the fucking, what, Nothing Else Matters video. And I was going like, to say, so you're taking the, at Kip and You're probably thinking of the heaviest of the songs on Pole versus the lightest of the songs on the Black Album. But, I mean, what's the heaviest song on the Black Album? What, uh, not, uh, what Sad But True? Uh, it's a pr- fairly heavy song. I mean, it's nothing like their previous shit, obviously. The riff is a good riff. Yeah. But, but uh, it, and I don't remember Pull being, I mean, what's the heaviest song on Pull? Junkyard Dark, probably. Because didn't Pull have, uh, what is it, Down Incognito or whatever the fuck? Yeah, well, yeah. What album was that? That's what I thought. So I'm like, I'm hearing that song when you say Incognito, I mean, uh, Pull, and I'm like, heavy? The fuck are you talking about? I tell you what, that, that sounds pretty fucking heavy. When they pull out the harmonica and Don, Don and Cardillo, oh my no god. No shit. Fucking hairs on my arm. I mean, my dick is hard. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there. Fucking, when that, well, yeah, you got, when you got the fucking harmonica, dude, it's like, yeah, this is the heaviest album of well, the year, clearly. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but we did a show a while, a years ago. And we were like talking about disappointments with songs. We picked bands were like, oh, we picked our worst songs. And we picked Down Incognito. It's not a bad song. But I just down it because of the fucking harmonica song. <laughs> right. Like, out of left field, like, what in the fuck is this? I think it was Snake was like, dude, you really put that on the list? <laughs> That's a good song, <laughs> man. I was like, fuck a harmonica. I don't want to hear a harmonica in my fucking music. <laughs> like, you blew it as soon as you pulled out the fucking harmonica. <laughs> or a sax solo. Let's do a that's, sax That's solo the thing. Here, it's right? kind of, yeah, if you, especially if you're trying to do... Because the way he sings... When, the thing about Winger is, when he sings, he sings... I mean, he's putting his his heart into it. He's going like, yeah! I mean, he's not, he's not posing so much. I mean, he's doing his thing. And he's a good singer. 
So, uh, and he fits the music really well. All of that stuff sounds great. It's always cool whenever there's some new shit out from Kip to check it out because there's always something good on it, man. So, to this day, you know, 30 years later or so. So, it's not that he doesn't have the goods, but, you know, also, too, I guess he just, he, he likes to have fun. So, you know, if they wanted to be a heavy, super proggy band, I suppose they could. They've got the chops. But that's just not what he does. He just, I just want to make fun, listenable music. And he just, it, in his mind, it's like, you know what? I'm feeling a harmonica here, man. So it's like, he said, <laughs> fucking went for it. Now, everyone else, so like I us. I had a dream, mate. Right. It came to me. No, I mean, the rest of us are jamming along. It's like, what the fuck? But, you know, for him, I We're guess it real. seemed right. Yeah, it seemed right. Yeah, you're right. That's where you're like, where's a fucking sweet ass. Uh, you know, a little fucking tap run or something. Or something. Yeah, it would have been cool, but he's just like, no, no, I got this, Reb. You hold back. I brought <laughs> I brought my little harmonica with me, Wayne. Whips it out of the back pocket. So, well, dude, you know. I got to tell you, it was, it was pretty interesting. Last time I talked to Reb, he was talking about how Kip is just getting into more of these prog-type vibes with their music and making that would be the more shit, prog. dude. That would so, be awesome. Well, the four record, I don't know if you heard much off the four record, but there was some kind of proggy shit on that. And he, uh, Reb's like, he goes, you don't know how many riffs I throw in front of Kip. And he's like, no, that's too lame. We got to do something, something better, something better. We got to do something more technical. Right. And And I'm betting those riffs, if you, and I'm betting if you hear those riffs, they're actually, you would be like, that sounds fucking badass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So. They, I mean, speaking of Instagram, and a lot of this is, I think, stemmed by the current state of music as well as the COVID shit and all that stuff. But, dude, I, I saw something on Instagram the other day, and they said, okay, this is a riff of the day, and it was Kip and Reb in a room riffing out on something. That was kind of fucking cool. So, I really like what the artists are doing and how they're utilizing social media to do just give the fans a little taste of something of hey this is kind of what we're working on this is riff we're working on blah 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 you know i dig that man well they take you know i think he puts things together whenever he puts them together if you look through their studio albums right so the first winger was 88 and then after that in the heart of the young was 90 so just two years went by and then there was a little proggy shit on in the heart of the young yeah rainbow of the rose forget about it Right, and then so after that it's pull three years later, and then after that four didn't come out for another thirteen years. Yeah. Okay, and then after that back to the sort of three years on average, right? So four was two thousand six, and then Karma's two thousand nine, but then from Karma to Better Days Coming, which was their last album, which was seven years ago. That was a five-year span, so two thousand nine to two thousand fourteen. So it started getting a little, you know, longer there. And then, like I said, seven years is it's not the longest they've ever gone. But I guess between 93 and 2006 was a bit of a hiatus, I suppose. Because didn't his wife die in there somewhere? Yeah, his wife passed away. Yeah, he had some Rev personal shit. White Snake. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say Winger wasn't, like, first priority for, like, Reb. But he's got other stuff going on, you know, and I think, uh, Kip got involved in a lot of the rock and roll fantasy camp stuff, did some solo records, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So, so they hopefully they're working they on some it. shit. Yeah. And hopefully they're working on some new shit. I imagine a guy like him, I've certainly Reb for sure, but even Kip, I mean, I know he's a musical dude, so I bet they're just writing all the time. 
So. Well, yeah, Reb was telling me, he said, yeah, we're going to start working on a new winger record. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. And dude, I want to play something real quick because I was kind of surprised by this one. I mean, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and dude, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but uh, Robin McCauley's got a brand new uh, solo record coming out, man. Ah, I didn't know that. And it kind of harkens back to, I would say maybe some Macaulay Shanker era type nice. stuff. Nice, well, that's it my just favorite. Kinda, for me, has that feel to it. Um, and dude, I'm seeing a bunch of shit come out on uh, like Frontiers. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's a lot of shit about to start coming out, and I'm like fucking a dude. There's gonna be so much good music coming. And this is kind of what I thought was going to happen is as soon as things kind of started uh, getting back to normal, it's, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, we were going to get so much great music because these guys, they're sitting in their house like, what do I do? What do I do? Right. Oh, maybe I should write some music. So uh, the new Robin McCauley single is called Standing on the Edge. Going to work on trying to get Robin back on the show. Uh, what a great dude. Just very, very cool guy. Um, so let's check it out. Cool. my favorite stuff from those guys was 89 save yourself so mm-hmm. that's i mean that's a long fucking time ago but anytime i love that fucking song dude i dude, never get enough of that song there was somebody else i was oh tracy tracy's yeah. like dude anytime is the fucking best song it is dude, that solo <laughs> is the that solo it's so simple and yet it's so fucking yeah. rocking dude I lo- with the harmonized guitar shit I was never the hugest, and I don't mean that because I've got anything against him. I just never came across much of his music, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I was never against, I was never the hugest Michael Shanker fan. But that fucking solo, I'm just like, oh, I can see why people dig this dude. I mean, it's so tasty, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shanker's awesome. I mean, the early stuff's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff with UFO, of course. But I like his, I like a lot of his solo stuff. The Macaulay Shanker stuff was just, hands down, so solid. Yeah. Uh, but Macaulay Shanker, forget about it. 
<laughs> so cool. So, yeah, it's so funny because Tracy mentioned that the other day because he and I were kind of having a conversation about uh, Rob McCauley. And he's like, dude, I love fucking Anytime. That's like the best song. The totally, vocals, man. The guitar, everything. Fuck yeah. Great fucking song. It, it's the classic, it's classic uh, kind of, I guess, I don't know if you'd call them hair metal, but it's that classic kind of sound. Just really well, melodic. I mean, not that era, right? Yeah, really melodic, great guitar work, great vocals, great production. Just everything comes together beautifully on that stuff. And that's what's so funny is it's sort of cheesy. I guess it's the equivalent of like when you think of uh, – like like basic very basic rock well i don't want to say pop music because that's where i'm going with it and that is you know pop music like total like i don't know uh what's her face tiffany from back in the day right all of that really bubblegum bullshit pop music that you think of as so throwaway and, and a joke when it comes to music the thing is it's catchy as fuck it, it, it works because it's great and so that's the way hair metal is in the world of metal hair metal is sort of the cheesy bubblegum pop version of that stuff right and you and so everyone makes yeah. fun of it or likes to make fun of it but fucking hair metal's great shit i fucking love hair metal it sounds awesome oh, yeah. it's got I mean, great production it's got great guitar i mean it's it's everything you want out of fucking yeah. metal well dude I, at the i was at the gym today and fucking Katy perry comes on more oh. right and i'm like it's just a fucking bubblegum pop sweet tart of a song. And you're like, you kind of can't help kind of getting into it. Exactly. Plus she's hot. It doesn't oh, help yeah. that she's, she's so fucking hot. <laughs> right. Or used to the be. the loincloth in the video. Right, right. Sure. But, but that's exactly it. That's why I like listening to that stuff too. I like Kelly Clarkson and all these other, uh, you know, pop. Uh, music people it's not because I think it's brilliant but it just fucking it's fun to listen to it's really melodic and, and, and catchy yeah. and it sticks in your head I mean that's what it's designed to do I mean I like some of that Taylor Swift stuff you know it's and, and not I'm not buying any of the albums but when I hear the music I'm like okay I can see why some people get into this same with the hair metal I think that's when people think of metal they if they're not really metal fans they're probably they think of if you if you said you know this song do you know this song they're it's probably hair metal is the stuff they're most familiar with because that was the shit that was played ad nauseum on the radio yeah but it's good shit good hey, shit guy. is where you find it yeah uh mckee's is on the hotline he can kind of hear the beat and uh, he said that it's nate uh this is a metal show this is not about pop meat i mean i don't agree with yeah, I agree with Colin, 100%. Uh, <laughs> you guys need to change topics quickly, or uh, you're gonna be cut off. Cut off from what? And that's just what uh, McKee said. Uh, well, we can move on yeah. to our next story anyway. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get it, dude. Uh, and and I bring it up so many times to a lot of these bands. Uh, you and I are melody guys, so there yeah. can be. A death metal band fucking pummeling your head with the whoa, whoa, whoa. and then you got the clean vocal that's melodic and stuff like that so uh, yeah it's all about for you and me specifically i mean you have different tastes I have different tastes but melody i think is key for the both of us so like you said this the fucking bubblegum pop shit sometimes bleeds into our brains like well that's not half bad that miley cyrus song's not that bad or this right. Katy Perry song is not that bad or Britney Spears song or I mean I'm pulling a little shit I don't know a bunch of the pop stars but you know what I'm saying right 
Yeah, my thing, if you want to rag it, not that we can drop this topic soon enough, but but if you want to, when people beat up on it, like like uh, something like a Katy Perry song or, or uh, Miley Cyrus, um, it's it's what you're what you're really complaining about is that they're doing they're going the easy route. They, these people would be nothing if they weren't attractive. Right? That's a big part of it. Yeah, when yeah, Katy yeah. Perry, if Katy Perry looked like uh, I don't know Melissa Etheridge, and did those same songs, no one would give a shit. You'd never hear about her. See, yeah. but she comes out in these videos where she's very clearly trading on her looks and being super sexy. Same with Britney Spears. Same with all of those people. They trade on that, and so it's easy to put them down and go, "Your music is bullshit because you're bullshit. You're not a real person." As opposed to for all the goofy shit they're doing, when you see you know, Motley Crue up there, even with the glam makeup back in those days, it's like these fuckers. You could tell they wrote the music. They're playing the music right in front of you. This isn't bullshit that was made. In a like, it sounded like it was made by a computer or something, like some scientific formula that came up with the most catchy tune you could come up with. These are motherfuckers who are living this music and writing it. You know, I'm not saying it's Shakespeare. What I'm saying is, it's they're really doing it. And I don't believe for a moment that the shit that comes out of like Miley Cyrus that it's all her and it's all blood, sweat, and tears and all that kind of shit. It's just you know, it's it's a probably a room full of writers all together who come up with this shit, just like any show like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live isn't written by one person. It's literally a room full of like a dozen writers all trying to get together and throw a bunch of shit at the wall to see what sticks. Of course you're bound to come up with something that works. And I agree with you there. I think a lot of it's, uh, if you look at not only musicianship, but at least just songwriting. I think a lot of these songs are written by outside writers. Yeah. You get the pretty girl. She's got a good voice. She can sing. Exactly. And, and she's they're auto-tuned within an inch of their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get somebody that, I mean, who gives a fuck if who's playing behind Britney Spears or Katy Perry or uh, Miley Cyrus. The The weird thing is if you get, like, if you think about the Rihanna thing, and I'm not a big fan of her music, but you had fucking Neil Bettencourt playing back there. It was like, holy shit. And there are, like, guitar guys that are really good playing behind these pop stars fucking paycheck pays like a motherfucker yeah and i can see one yeah and also and from the other time that that also lends to a certain amount of credibility to them right it's like i've got real serious badass cat daddy musicians behind me doing these simple pop songs like michael jackson was doing that for years Right, he had Greg Howe playing for him, Jennifer Batten, all these badass guitarists touring Steve with him. Stevens, yeah, and it's like that's I I respected that. I like this. Touring with him or just playing on Dirty Diana? Uh, I think it might have been just on Dirty. I don't think I don't he remember. toured with him, but I think uh, I think it was uh, Greg Howe. I think it was Greg Howe. Was is either Greg Howe was with Michael Jackson or with Janet Jackson, one of the two. But the point is, uh, a lot of people do this. They'll they'll come wow. out and they'll have somebody like a badass guitarist with them. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, they get they let them do their thing. You know, they give them a little solo spot. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, mean, so would you go? That's a topic. That's a topic. (laughs) I want to ask you a question. All right. So, would you go see uh, Rihanna because Nuno Betancourt's playing guitar, or would you go see Janet Jackson because Greg Greg Howe's playing guitar behind? No, I wouldn't go for that. 
I would go see. I mean, I I, I saw Janet Jackson back in the day, uh, back in the '90s in New Orleans. So I, if I liked the artist and wanted to genuinely see them, and then I probably back then it wasn't so big on the internet. You would know this now before you go to the show. But back then, if you went there and you were you know watching and they had the screens up and everything, and, and you see the guitars and go, well, somebody's really playing some guitar. You go, holy fuck, that's Greg Howe. You know, then it'd be a, it'd be a surprise, but it'd be like a pleasant surprise. In addition to the fact that I was already there anyway, just because I wanted to see the artist. Yeah. But Rihanna, I'm not a fan yeah. of, so I wouldn't go to see her just because Nuno was there. That wouldn't turn me and go, all right, I'll go see her. That's not reason enough. Sorry. But is there a song where he actually would play guitar? Probably. I mean, right. yeah, there's no point in having him there just to play chords that anybody else could play. They have him because this dude's going to, you know, the, like in this little section of this song, there's just, you know, it's sort of like in the sheet music. It probably just has a little brackets, insert crazy guitar solo here, you know, and then you just get somebody like Nuno and say, that's your spot. Do your thing. That's probably well, all it is, which is I fine. To, I want to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, let me add this to it. So. And I'm not really a big fan of this guy. There's a lot of guys that just wink all over themselves for this guy. Uh-huh. But John Five, and uh, <laughs> he played with Manson, and he plays you know with Zombie now. Yeah, whether he we agree or not, he's it. definitely considered a guitar badass. But dude, I've heard his solo stuff. I'm not impressed. Okay, that's uh, fine. I, are you? I I know that he can shred. Now, I may not necessarily enjoy how he shreds, but uh, he clearly can, and so he's appreciated by other people for that reason. But would you... I guess guess my comparison here is you have a metal, or I don't know if you call Rob Zombie metal, Uh um, a hard rock or whatever he is, industrial metal artist Uh with a guy that's a shredder, but he doesn't shred in Zombie's band. I guess the same thing. But you're in that still rock genre, opposed to like a pop genre. Do you go see? Wow, I wonder if John Five will do something. Or say, say John Petrucci was playing with Rob Zombie, and you know Rob Zombie's music. Do you go see Rob Zombie because Petrucci could potentially do something cool? Or you say, "Ah, I'm not a fan. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of a fan of some of the stuff that uh, Zombie does. So it's not enough to get me to go just because Patrice is there. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I'm not yeah. such a blind fanboy for a given artist that's like, I'll show up just because he happens to be playing in the band for this other guy that I wouldn't otherwise go see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go yeah, that yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, say, say uh, who's, let me say, say Simone Maloroni is playing with uh, Marilyn Manson. Well, I guess that's what your point is, or I think you're going with this, is that is there any artist that I'm so, that I like so much that I'd be willing to go see them play with somebody else who I wouldn't otherwise see his band? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any. I honestly can't. I'm trying to think who would be like my favorite, like, I don't know, Vi or, uh, or who else? Uh, uh, gosh, I can't even think of anybody right offhand who's just such an yeah, amazing Yeah, Vi's book. playing with Jay-Z. Right, or Pliny, or any of these badass sort of guitarists. If they just said, I'm going to go play with this other band that you otherwise wouldn't give a fuck about. It's like, nah, sorry. I can can pass on that. I'll just wait till you do your solo tour, and I'll just go see you then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because it's it's not about them. It's it's about the other band, you know, so... Sure, sure. It's about yeah, the, the artists they're supporting. So. Right. So, and and, Again, then, and credit like, to them. That's what they're there for. They're not there to play for themselves. They're there to play for the artists that, who hired them. Check. 
So that's fine. Yeah, and I totally and I have no problem with that. It's like you know, get your money where you can. No, I mean, I think- you wouldn't be there if you weren't that badass. So it's kind of a testament to how good you are that even a non-metal right. person knows how great you are. Sure, sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm and cool. half the fans that are going to see that artist probably don't know who the fuck's up on stage with me. That's what's funny they're about it is they, they're getting this badass. Yeah, they get this badass guitarist like that, and probably ninety percent of the, if not ninety-five or more percent of the audience is going to have no idea who the fuck. I think I guarantee you the people who went to see Michael Jackson back in the day didn't have any idea who the fuck Jennifer Batten was. Right. And she's you know, fucking the, awesome. She's incredible. Yeah, to this day, she's you know it's been. I remember listening to her first shit back in the day. That was like, gosh, in the early '90s or something. So she's been playing around for 30, 40 years, and she was a fucking badass then, and she still is. You was know, she shrapnel? Uh, I don't think so. I think she might have been. Well, maybe she was. It was around. She was one of those cats. She was like, like one of those, like yeah. so almost like a Berkeley person. I think is what she was. And so she came out. She maybe she she. I think she was on one of those, uh, you know, guitarists that rule the world. Always comes back to these albums. She was on one of those albums, yeah. and she did a uh, cover of like a John Coltrane song, like Giant Steps or something, the jazz song. Mm-hmm. But she just did it all badass with tapping and shit. It was fucking amazing. And that's when I was like, who the fuck is this woman? I bought one of her albums. (laughs) Yeah. Based on that, I was like, holy shit. Because she was amazing. And she was kind of cute back in the day. She had this crazy haircut that made her look cool. Yeah, the white hair or whatever. Yeah, she had like like, the mohawk. Yeah. You don't remember what that song is, do you? Uh, Giant Steps, I think is what it's called. That cover? Yeah. Yeah, we we can play that. that. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Kick it! out of a job uh, <laughs> fucking hey dude yeah see She's i think her... go ahead <laughs> no, i was just gonna say that, yeah this is the album above below and beyond was the name of the album she did uh she did some pretty sweet shit she did a cover of michael jackson's want to be starting something she did well, it was really the jackson five i think and she did a co- cover of flight of the bumblebee the rimsky korsakov that classical piece that yeah. she did that one and, but she did it with all this crazy tapping shit. She was amazing. But that's the song. It's, it's a Coltrane song called Giant Steps. It's like a jazz standard. But she put her own crazy double-hand tapping spin on it. And it's just, she blew my mind back in 90. 92 is when that came out. So, oh, I mean, nice. that, that's a long, that's getting to be, what, 40 years ago? Or something? 30 years ago? Making me feel old, Holmes. Dude, we are fucking old, sad, Holmes. But that just makes us cooler. Because we know yeah, all this shit. True. New people don't know dick. They're just like, have they you heard of this? It's hilarious when your young kid's like, have you ever heard of this album? You're like, of course I have. I was there when it fucking came out, you idiot. What do you mean, have I ever <laughs> heard of them? fucking moron. Yeah, like you're the one who's <laughs> new. Don't be asking me. <laughs> I just you about five times upside the head. Yeah, no, no. no she's, it's uh, like, Dad, she's don't great. do it. Don't do it, Dad. 
<laughs> You're all tripping. All right. Well, uh, moving on. Move it on. So speaking so, of that stuff, talking about the concerts you were talking about, there's a, yeah. like you say, with the vaccine starting to happen, you're hearing a lot more people opening up. For instance, New York uh, concert venues are, are now allowed to reopen in, in April. Oh, wow. Yeah. It says here in this article from uh, Metal Sucks, uh, plays, concerts, and other indoor performances can resume in the state of New York starting on April 2nd. Governor Andrew Cuomo announced at a news conference this afternoon. So, if New York... Hold on a second. What? Uh, McTease is handling the Cuomo case uh, with sexual harassment, so be very uh, selective with your words. Dude, we're Uh talking about music. We're not talking about what he's up to. I'm just saying. What? Okay. Well, you said it. I'm just saying. You hear it? We hear you. So, so when you've got one of the most restrictive places like New York, and they're yeah, already yeah, talking totally. about opening up in April, which that's is pretty early. Crazy, dude. That's, that's what I, this is what I'm saying. Well, this is yeah. what I'm saying. So, so what that means is, if that's happening, then you can only imagine that places that actually are cool, like Texas and other places, that they would be even more opening, even faster, and even greater. And in fact, you know, as you're hearing this podcast now, the governor has already opened up Texas. So we're back to yeah. everything's everything's open, full capacity, go go nuts. And I'm like, okay, let's see how that goes. And obviously, everyone's got their opinions about whether that's a good idea or not. You know, some people are saying it's the end of the fucking world, while other people are like, finally, this is what we've been needing. So we'll see what happens. Right, obviously, right. we're going to be careful. Not, we're not saying just because they're saying you you don't have to mandate the mask doesn't mean nobody's going to keep fucking wearing them. I mean, businesses can still require that you wear them anyway. It's their fucking business. They have the right to set what rules happen. So it's not like right. we're just going to go it nuts. And just, yeah, exactly. It's not like we're going to go nuts and start having orgies or something because, oh, well, everything's fine. No one's saying anything's fine. We're just realizing yeah. that the shit needs to stop. We need to fucking start making money again. So hopefully that'll cause a lot of places to open back up, get some shit going. Maybe you can eat at a fucking restaurant like a normal person from now on. And people will just take precautions wherever they know to take precautions. And with the vaccine getting out there, there should be a lot less of a trouble. So we're going to keep an eye on that shit, see what happens. And obviously if things get crazy, we can quote unquote shut it down again if we need to. But I don't see that happening because I haven't back. yeah yeah because yeah, I haven't seen any places I mean Florida I think they never closed and they haven't been having any great problems. No, no. So and I, I've told the munchkin, I said, hey, you know, for a little while let's just continue to wear the mask and just when we're doing stuff, if you know, wear it to the table, sit down, take it off, do what you gotta do. But let's still be cognizant of what's going on. Give it till June. We get our vaccines and stuff like that, and then we can get a little freer. Let's see how things go. And that's why I was kind of thinking, I've seen all this rhetoric on the TV today. I was like, it's time to probably open up, but maybe we should have done it in June <laughs> once there's more vaccines out there and stuff. And then after that, if everything's good, fucking balls to the wall, baby. And then just be <laughs> careful. Uh, but I, right. That's kind of going to be what we do because we've been very careful. She got it. I don't know where, but uh, so she's probably fine now. That's the thing, theoretically yeah, speaking, immunity, right? Like you said, but she'll have the vaccine by June. I'll have the vaccine by June. With the way things are going, actually, they said. My mom told me yesterday that she said if you call some sort of a like hotline, 
that you can get the Johnson and Johnson once the single dose vaccine. Uh, ah, if you're okay. 50 and above. Hey, so I was like, yeah, we can't. I might fucking do it and just get it over with, right? I got it. Well, I got a text. I, uh, I got a text like I think a week ago, and I don't know if it's you know a spam or not because you can't you can't trust anybody these days. But it looked legit, and it said that, hey, we're Methodists who who I generally go through, and they said you know we're we're ready to. Uh, have you in to do your vaccine? If you're ready, give us a call and we'll set you up. And I was like, oh, okay. I just Dude, hadn't gotten around to it. I bet it's legit because Methodist was one of the, the, the first ones in Houston that had the vaccine. My parents don't go to Methodist and they couldn't get in. So if you're a Methodist patient, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Oh, cool. Well, then I might look into it. I'm not sure. I'm not too worried about it, but at the same time, I'm not stupid either. So, and yeah. and getting back to the New York thing too. Let's also be clear that even though he's saying that, there are limitations, of course. So get this: venues will be allowed to open at 33% capacity with a limit of 100 people indoors or 200 people outdoors, and all attendees will be required to wear masks and socially distance. So I'm like, well, that doesn't sound that open. You say you're open again. <laughs> it said, too, if venues can verify that all attendees have tested negative for COVID before entering, then those limits will be increased to 150 people indoors or 500 people outdoors. I'm like, but but if they're negative, then what the fuck do they need any limitations for? Right. So we'll I have to see how this shit works out. And just throwing shit out there. Basically, yeah. yeah. yeah they're that's just going to throw thing. it up there and see what sticks. Yeah. And, and, you know, whatever. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it is interesting to see there was, you know, months ago, this was there was no talk of this. And they were talking like, we don't know if we're ever going to fuck it up. They were talking like 2022. Right. But I think at this point, people are just like, you know what? You know, the vaccines are happening. Fuck it. Let's do this. You know, they're, they've been itching to do it anyway. And with things looking successful so right. far, that's just getting them even more fucking excited. So hopefully there'll be some momentum that builds and. We can start getting this on the way. It, what's going to happen is going to fucking happen. If I've gone a year this way and I haven't caught it yet, then I don't know why I should all of a sudden catch it now. I'm not saying that I'm just going to drop all uh, caution, you know, throw it all to the wind and just act crazy. I'm just saying so far I've managed to keep myself from getting sick. So I must be either I'm doing something right or uh, it's not as big a fucking threat as as it's made out to be. I'm not saying anyone's lying. I'm just saying the right. fear is greater than the actual, you know, there's obviously people would say, but all these people, I say, yeah, sure. those people died, but maybe those people were genetically predisposed. They were going to die anyway. And I'm not saying that right. with any sort of, you know, I don't want people to die, but you know, it's people have been dying of the flu every year for as long as we can remember. It's nothing new. This right, is just right. another kind of flu, exactly. basically. So, uh, in any case, um, I thought that was interesting that, you know, now you're getting talk even from places like New York. So, you know, Ingve himself, for instance, is he's going to have a, a concert uh, in Las Vegas on March the 20th. And it's going to be both a live and really? in-person concert and a live stream experience. Oh, yeah. And hosted by none other than Eddie Trunk, bro. So, if you live in oh, awesome. uh, or near Vegas... Oh, I gotta fucking go. <laughs> but it hey, says here... everybody! So, as if, if you live in or are near Vegas, and you've either been vaccinated or you love Yngwie so much that you're willing to risk your life to see him up close and breathe the same... <laughs> and this is what this article says, so Metal Sucks. And see him up close and breathe, the, and breathe the same potentially fatal air as him, you can do that. 
It says here, uh, if you if you don't live in or near Las Vegas, or you're not willing to risk it all to be within spinning range of that and his luscious mound of Swedish-grown chest hair, you can watch it online instead. <laughs> That's so awesome. They're he dicks over them. there. I love that guys. They're good. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're pretty funny. So, uh, I mean, uh, apparently the tickets for the stream range from $15 to $600, depending on oh, whether you... God. Well, here's fucking the thing. stream? Here's the deal. In his defense, the $600 package comes with an autographed guitar as well as a Zoom call with Ingvet. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you're not getting nothing for it, but, uh, I mean, that's, hey, at this point, no one's been spending money, any money on fucking tickets for any concerts. So, it's not like you ain't got money saved up, perhaps, uh, if you're one of these people that likes to regularly go to concerts, like yourself. And, uh,. And people are so excited to finally be doing some shit. I can see them saying, "You know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go balls out with this." Uh, if that's what you want to do, I'm not that excited. But I'm, I'm again, as as I've said before, I'm content to just wait till everything's full blown normal again. I mean, I don't see the point of going to a concert, for instance, and wearing a fucking mask. That just seems stupid. I could barely yeah. wear the fucking thing just to go in, grab breakfast at a restaurant, and run back out. I'm not going to stand there for two or three fucking hours in what's probably going to be a hot place because it's never fucking cool enough when you're surrounded by sweaty people. And if they're going to make you distance and wear a fucking mask, I just don't have the patience for all that shit. Not yeah. to see a fucking concert that I could either watch online or watch on YouTube or watch a DVD in the privacy of my own home and enjoy that sitting on the couch with no fucking hassles and no fucking disgusting bathroom to go to. Yeah, true, true. I understand. I'll, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, speaking of eBay, I, and again, I keep mentioning social media, but Jeff Loomis from Nevermore fame, uh, I guess Arch Enemy now, posted a picture of him and Inve, and it was like it was so weird because Jeff Loomis is fucking awesome right yeah oh yeah he's, he's awesome a monster too. sure but it was almost like Jeff Loomis was like there at the signing table taking a picture of him and Inve. it was like Jeff why would you post that I mean it's like I know you're a fan I get that but you guys should be like bros and stuff. You're like, uh, you're posting that photo. Why are you posting this photo of you're like standing on the other side of a table and going, you know, with the thumbs up. I was like, what the fuck, dude? It was kind of funny. And I, fuck, I, Loomis, you know I love Loomis. I've seen that guy live. Fucking A, that dude's amazing. Oh, you saw him with Arch Enemy. He was better with uh, like uh, Nevermore, though. Yeah. Nevermore. Lo Loomis is a, yeah, Loomis is a monster. There's no question. So, well, um, it was kind of funny. Related to that, too, I mean, there is an article in Loudwire about Texas, and uh, it is mentioning that the uh, that the news is, is that we are uh, next Wednesday, so I guess three, so the 10th, I guess, is when that's actually going into effect, when uh, Abbott's mm -hmm. lifting all the mass mandates. And it says here... Uh, it's starting next Wednesday, and it could allow for full capacity and maskless concerts to return. So that'll be interesting to see. Holy sheep shit. That's why I'm saying. Dude, I mean, our, we could get all the fucking bands in Texas. That wouldn't that be amazing? It says here, with the medical advances in vaccines and antibody therapeutic drugs, Texas now has the tools to protect Texans from the virus. This is from the governor. And he said, we must do more to restore the livelihoods and normalcy for Texans by opening Texas 100%. 
And then he cautioned, make no mistake, COVID-19 has not disappeared, but it's clear from the recoveries, vaccinations, reduced hospitalizations, and safe practices that Texans are using that state mandates, or that Texans are using, that state mandates are no longer needed. And so, uh, I mean, obviously, I think he's going to say, so we're lifting it, but the businesses have to make their own decisions. So at this point, what that really means then is if you still, if we're still having restrictions, it's really the businesses doing it, not the law. You know what I mean? Because that's the deal, well, right? When you go, when, go ahead. I was going to say, he basically came out and said, well, I'm lifting this because right. I think we're okay, but yep. I'm still going to wear a mask and where I need to wear a mask. And, and that's businesses fine. Yeah. can call it as they want to. Exactly. That's the thing. He's, he's making sure, and of course he should. That's that's his job. And that is, I'm not saying that you could go to a store and if they go, hey, you got to wear the mask at this particular store. And they're like, yeah. Gov- governor said I didn't have to, so fuck you, get out of my way. It's like he's not. he doesn't want people to start trouble. You know, it's like don't right. start picking fights with people. Yeah. If the store tells you to do it, obviously the store is in control. You do what the store says. And so that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And so that's why I'm saying is that the law when you go to the stores now the the sign on all the stores says please wear a mask when you come to the store under that it says it's the law well guess what ain't the law no more so if now if they're asking you to wear the mask that's the store telling you and not texas telling you so that's really the only difference well so. i tell you what you know what but that calls for a song oh yeah anthrax i am the law now you're talking let's do it
So anyway, he says, uh, let's see if he says anymore. He goes on to say, today's announcement does not abandon safe practices that Texans are using, that state mandates are no longer needed. Tuesday, today's announcement does not abandon safe practices that Texans have mastered over the past year. He's, he's stroking us all. Instead, it is a reminder <laughs> that each person has a role to play in their own personal safety and the safety of others. With the executive order, we are ensuring that all businesses and families in Texas have the freedom to determine their own destiny. Damn straight, because we're cowboys, Holmes. We're all standing oh, out in the streets yeah, with our are. six shooter going, yeah, like Yosemite Sam. I think that's how everyone sees Texas. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I think that's great. He says, uh, goes on to say, though Abbott has revealed that businesses are allowed to reopen at 100% capacity with mask mandates lifted, it has not been revealed as of yet how Texas concert venues will proceed moving forward. Abbott's word of caution, words of caution could signify that venues will at least consider maintaining some safety measures when reopening for large gathering events, but now the decisions to do so lay in their hands. So, hey, I'm down with it. I'd be interested, this is where we'd be interested to find out you know, as we start, you know, seeing uh, stories of, you know, OK, uh, venues, the ones that are still yeah. around. Right. Because a lot of them closed. But venues that are around, let's see what they start scheduling, start looking at their calendars and see who's showing up. And surely on their page of their website, it'll say, by the way, here's what we're requiring for this concert. And some of them may be really hardcore and saying yeah. we're going to run for six feet apart from everybody. You're going to have to, you know, wear your mask at all times and all this shit. And some of them may just be, fuck it. We're just do whatever you want. We're back to normal because the governor said so. Yeah. And so it'd be interesting to see you. where that line gets divided, yeah. you know. So my question to you is, uh, where do you stand on that? If they have you had two, let's put it this way. So you got two venues. Uh, doesn't matter. Same night, whatever. And so they both have two acts, each one that you're equally excited about you know, two of your favorite bands and it's like, holy shit, it's been a year since I've been to a concert. So I know you're Jonesing, but one oh, yeah. venue said we're fucking, we're back to normal. Fuck it. You don't need a mask. You don't need anything. This is just like pre COVID go nuts. And then the other one says we're having this concert, great act and everything, but you know, we're going to have some masks. We're going to need some social distancing. You don't get to take your mask off. You gotta please leave it on at all times. Does that sway your opinion? Let's say it's the, you know, for the sake of this argument, let's say it's the same band at either venue. You know what I mean? Just so you're not saying, well, I like this band technically better, so don't, don't let that sway well, the argument. What I was going to say, even if it was different bands, is, well, one, is it outdoor? Is no, no, outdoor inside. One? No, no, this is, oh, I'm, I'm talking okay, like club. I got you, yeah. I got you. Uh, am I vaccinated? Ah, interesting. Let's say you're vaccinated. I don't give a fuck, I'll go. To either one. Yeah, either one. See, I guess where I'm going with it, the, the reason I was trying to structure the question that way was simply well, how much inconvenience, in other words, I guess what I'm asking, are you still willing to put up with now that you technically shouldn't have to put up with any inconvenience? Um, it depends. It really depends on the band. Yeah. Um, and I'm I am jonesing for live music. Um, oh, yeah. I go to we the know. gym every day, wear a fucking mask on the treadmill. See, I couldn't um, do that shit. It sucks ass. Yeah. Uh, but, and dude, it, if it's a band you love and you're singing the song with them, you want to sing a song with a fucking mask on? Yeah, it's Probably stupid, not. Man. Yeah. Um, That's why I say, if it's only when it's back to, I can go to a show, 100%. and some, and, and this may be this way for a while now, even maybe for another year, where it's like, oh yeah, you're back, we're having shows, but some venues are requiring the mask and some aren't. I'm only going right. to go to the ones where they're not requiring. 
Because if I go back to a concert, I want to go back to pre-COVID style sure. concerting. If that's not available, then I don't fucking care. Uh, it's not that important to me to go to a live show to put up with all that other bullshit. You know what? To be honest, I might be in the same boat with you. I, I, I did see Phil Lewis. <clears throat> and that, that's the thing. That's what's going to be hard for them to enforce. you got to wear the mask. But if you're drinking a beer, it's okay to remove the mask. Right. Or if that's what I think is bullshit about whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think is bullshit. If, if, if you have you, the uh, the restaurant thing. You go to restaurants and you go in there, you're like, okay, it was, we we're having a mask thing. But if you're sitting down eating, yeah, you got to take it off. So I see people, as soon as they go in the restaurant, they go, all right, you can have a seat right over there. <laughs> mask comes right off and they start walking oh, yeah. over to the table. And I'm they don't guy. wear the. And even when they leave, they still haven't put their mask back on. They're just like, oh, oh no, yeah. I'm not that guy. And it's like, well, well what's I mean, the, well, even if you do, it's like, but your mask was off for 90% of the time you were in here. How yeah, fucking protected yeah. was anybody when that was happening? Just because you're sure. eating or drinking, and you're not eating or drinking constantly. So for at least you know half the time, you're just sitting there with a mask off, running your mouth, all your breath is sure. coming out of me. Who are you protecting? Yeah, you know. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that makes a difference. I'm not saying we don't need to be careful. What I'm saying is either we do, either we do this 100 percent. Nobody go to the restaurants. It's only takeout. You know, wear masks while you're here. Fine. Or we go back to fucking normal. None of this in-between yeah. bullshit, because that's just too hard yeah. to deal with. And there's not enough science to tell you whether you're doing it right or not. Right. And there's going to be a lot of half-assed shit going on. Exactly. Of course there are. Humans are humans, man. Six months, easy. They get tired. They get lazy. You know, oh, so yeah. no one's watching that. Even though someone's supposed to be watching, you think they're going to run around. I mean, it's like, holy shit, we're finally getting customers in here. The mass when we were, when, Yeah, when we were fucking bleeding money. Because Dude, we, we oh. can open. Do you think I'm going to run and yell at that one fucking customer who's here because he doesn't have his mask on 100%? No, it's like, let him do it. We're getting money out of him. We need money. Well, dude, I'll tell you this. When I go to the gym, I wear the mask the whole fucking time, except mm -hmm. when I'm in the sauna because it's okay in sure. the sauna. But yeah, You'll probably suffocate too if you don't. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'll see people like walking around without the mask. I'm like, what the? And it's. It's not that I really give a fuck that they don't have the mask on. It's like, dude, you asshole. If you can't wear the fucking mask, you're going to shut this fucking gym out or down and where I can't go fucking work out, which I love to do. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, pal. So it's and like they could be ruining it for everyone else is what you're saying. That's, that's, that's the, my whole thought. Right, because that's the thing. It's like if you're wearing the mask, you, Ragman, then you yeah. theoretically, if they're right, then you won't get it, even though those other dickheads aren't wearing their mask. What they yeah. might do is give it to each other. Anyone else who doesn't have their mask on may catch it from the other guys who don't have their mask on. So, right. and then the way I see it is like, I don't give a fuck. If you get sick, I could care less. If I get sick, that's a problem. So right, right. if you guys want to run around without your mask, that's up to you. But I'm going to wear the fucking mask, be safe, which is what you're doing. And that's a smart thing. So it still works, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just so taste the piss out of me, though. Yeah, it's I, people I, that are like, you're going to ruin it for the rest of us. I could totally exactly. Get it. That's my point right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Some people do it. Some people don't. It's like, well, I'm on the machine, so I guess I can. I, I take the mask down to my chin. Yeah. It's like they're, they're going to do it half-assed, just like you said. Yeah. I'm on the fucking treadmill, going four miles an hour, fucking panting in this fucking mask, <laughs> and you're just fucking lifting twenty pounds on the fucking weights. Fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It's it bound to happen. Piss out of me. 
Yeah, but that's the thing. It's bound to happen because that humans oh, yeah. are going to human, man. That's that's why yeah, I say no I'm I'm content to just see that we're doing it all the way or we're not doing it at all. I don't like the half-ass shit. Oh, exactly. And that's what's going on. And like I said, like you hit it on the head. It's just I'm pissed because they're going to ruin it for me if they close the gym down. Yeah. And I can't go anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, some I lazy fuck doesn't want to yeah. put his mask on. But what it tells me is, and I know that's got nothing to do with science, what it tells me is is that after a year, people are fucking tired of this, man. You know, humans, like oh, yeah. I said, whether it's right or wrong or smart or not smart, humans are humans, man. And they want to get back to their normal life. They're tired of being hassled. They figure, fuck you, I pay my taxes. And for what? So I can be locked in my house like a child? You know, this. you think I don't know how to keep myself safe? I wash my hands and do this stuff. Do I really need to wear the fucking mask 110% of the time? Is it really going to make a difference? Yeah. Because personally, I personally feel, this is my personal opinion, I don't think the masks do shit. I'm not, I'm not that convinced that for the last year I haven't caught the virus just because I wore a fucking mask. Because sometimes I forget. Sometimes I'm going to touch something that a guy who wasn't wearing his mask, and he has it but doesn't know it, touches the fucking doorknob to this store. So what fucking good did it do that I was wearing my mask if I, don't, if I forget to wash my hands that day and I touched the wrong fucking shopping mm -hmm. cart? So that's why I'm like, and yet, after a year, I haven't gotten it. And I've been going to stores regularly all the fucking time. I wear my mask, but I go to the stores. I keep some hand sanitizer in the car. I, I try to be a little more careful than normal, but I haven't been that fucking careful. And yet, I don't have it. So what I'm thinking is, genetically or whatever, I'm just probably not going to catch the fucking thing. That doesn't mean I'm going to be an idiot run around crazy. But at the same right. time, I think there's plenty of people that are probably in the same boat to feel like me and just go, well, fuck it, man. Can how about you pussies who can't handle it stay home and I'm fucking normal. I'll just go out and do shit and I'll just take my chances. That's what freedom is supposed to be, not to get all political, but that's what it's supposed to be about, you know? And so anyway, um, they're going to do what they're going to do. The, the mandate's lifted, uh, at, like I said, as of you hearing this podcast. So we'll see how it goes. We'll keep an eye on the, the numbers and see what happens. If it's wrong and things start going bad, we'll just we'll reconfigure and fix it. That's the way I see it. Well, it's kind of funny. Three or four weeks ago, they were like, you got a double mask. That's yeah, the fuck only that way you can prevent shit. it. Yeah, yeah, that's just horse shit. Yeah. It's like it's yeah, not enough you. we've been wearing the fucking mask. You know, the people of us who've been behaving ourselves, and it's like, all right, I think it's horse shit, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know, just right. so I can play along and be a good, you know, citizen. Fine. But then you're like, no, no, no. I want you to do more, jump through more fucking hoops, even though nothing's gone wrong. I was like, no, I'm sorry, oh, exactly. I'm doing that shit. And then what are oh, you gonna no. do? Check oh, people? He's like, I see a mask on you, but is that double? Let me see. You know what I mean? What are you gonna? Shit. How are you gonna check that? So it's I'm just sorry. stupid. Check it's this, hey. <laughs> so anyway, hey, you know, if you want to do a song, we can do it. Otherwise, I got quite an interesting story. Well, um, yeah, I tell you what, let's do a tune. And then we'll do your story, and then I think it's getting uh, along in the two right. Why don't we do? Hold on one second. Um, this is a brand new, it's a Browning track from a great new band. Actually, it's their second album's about to come out. Uh, the End Machine with uh, Robert Mason, George Lynch, and Chip Pilson. Nice. I don't think it's... I've, I've seen the video. I don't know who the drummer guy is. Uh, 
But they got a brand new uh, single out. It's called Blood and Money. And I heard that they had a brand new record coming out here pretty quick. So pretty excited about that. I really like the uh, first record they did. So uh, Mason with Lynch. And dude, I don't know if you've seen the video, but Lynch is going his hair out. It's like all gray. Oh, yeah, I think it's cool. I've seen videos of him, like, jamming at guitar stores with people and stuff. And it's like, it, you don't know who it is at first. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? And you're like, oh, that's fucking George Lynch, dude. His hair yeah. looks like it's all white now. It totally is. Which he I think looks cool as shit. Yeah, I think he it looks cool as shit. I'm all about the fucking white hair, man. So uh, let's check out some new The End Machine. I didn't, and I, and you may have already heard of this, but I didn't know about it, so I'm excited. And that is uprocks.com tells the story. Have you seen the fucking ads? They've been pushing this shit hard, dude. Paramount Plus, this new stupid streaming service. There, I'm, I'm, I'm up to my ass in streaming services. I'm getting tired of this. I, 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 I mourn the day that we ever cut the cord and got rid of regular cable. And thought we were being real clever by going to HBO and fucking uh, Netflix and Hulu and all the shit. Because now you, everywhere you turn, some motherfucker's got some new service you got to pay for. But Paramount Plus has got a lot of oh, yeah. shit. And one of the things they've got is an all-new Beavis and Butthead movie, Holmes. No fucking way. Hell yeah, dude. It's uh, So I don't know much about this. Like I said, the new movie it says here, according to the article, is presumably going to be in addition to the Beavis and Butthead revival that's still on track for Comedy Central. And this was announced like back in July last year. And that new series is being written and produced by Mike Judge, who did the original. And he also, of course, nice. does the voices of, uh, of the characters. And it says he voices a new metalhead, too. Uh, and in fact... HBO recently passed on two shows from Mike Judge, who's reportedly tied up bringing Beavis and Butthead back to life. So he says it seemed like the right time to get stupid again. <laughs> so let's see what they, they said. It's interesting. He says here the statement from them is, we are thrilled to be working with Mike Judge and the great team at Three Arts again as we double down on adult animation at Comedy Central. Beavis and Butthead were a defining voice of a generation, and we can't wait to watch as they navigate the treacherous waters of a world light years from their own. Whatever the fuck that means. So, I wonder what they're saying. Let's see. <laughs> Shit. It says here, while the iconic duo don't look like they've aged today in the announcement video for their new movie, the new series sounds 
like it might go a different route and focus on an older, more mature Beavis and Butthead, if that's even possible. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, it says here that McCarthy, who is the person, uh, I guess, at Comedy Central, they described the new series uh, and said the story that we're talking about uh, working with Mike is what happens if they grow up and what happens if they have kids? So that might be interesting. That could either be, that could either <laughs> could be, be super funny, cool and hilarious or it could be just really sad. So we'll find out. But the idea that not only yeah. is that new series coming to Comedy Central, but also... They're going to have a fucking movie. Just like, I mean, they only ever made the one, right? From back in the day, yeah, yeah. Beavis and Butthead they do, do America. America Beavis and Butthead yeah. do America. Uh, the classic. Yeah. That actually was a pretty I need to go back. I haven't watched that movie since we first saw it. It's been a long fucking time. Fucking hilarious, Holmes. You oh, and I yeah. were real, we were laughing. Then. I think we, didn't we pass out? We might have. That movie was it was pretty fucking hilarious. I mean, didn't they have that one animated sequence in the desert that was done by Rob Zombie and it was all fucking they were like on an acid yeah. trip or something? That was wild. Yeah. It was a cool fucking movie. For for a cheesy ass movie as it was. I mean it oh, had it's fucking uh, hilarious. It had guest performances from Demi Moore, Bruce Willis, Robert Stack, Cloris Leachman, rest in peace. Uh I think that's fucking awesome. So how do you not like oh, that yeah. shit? You know, it came out in what '96, so it's been about 30 years. Is it tits, Holmes? Exactly, Holmes. So that's kind of crazy that it was so long. And uh, it looks like the budget for that movie was 12 million back in the day, and the box <laughs> office and the box office made 63 million. So fucking made money. Damn. Hell yeah. So I think that's hilarious, and so I think it's perfectly reasonable for them. Is like, well, fuck it, let's do a, the long-awaited sequel, man. Yeah, why not? I'm See, down. I'll watch it. We ended on a good note, Holmes. Damn straight. With all the nostalgia that's hitting us, like that long-awaited sequel to Coming to America. In Bill that's, and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted. So nostalgia's kicking us in the ass. Totally, Holmes. Well, I tell you what, talking about nostalgia. Yeah. Mr. G, will you play that classic you love to play? <laughs> Segway Holmes. You pick the last one, I'm going to pick this one. Alrighty. I was jamming to this the other day. Did you ever get into a band called Fifth Angel? Uh, yeah, I remember them. Had a guitar player, James Bird, was on Shrapnel. Uh-huh. And he did kind of a... Just a good, just meat and potatoes metal band. So, yep. uh, Ken Mary on drums. Uh... Of Shamus the other day. Let's do off the Time Will Tell record. Let's do Midnight Love. <laughs> Midnight Love. 
up that time, Holmes. So, uh, Pizza shoe. Pizza shoe. Uh, let's see. Rather than hit you with another good year song, how about uh, uh, let's go back to that proggy stuff, man. Yeah. There, uh, there's talk about how you know always like here's the next big prog band and uh, who knows who that's really going to be. But one of the people that's getting a lot of stuff said about them is a band called uh, The Wrong Sides, and it features a guitarist. I think he's Puerto Rican or something. I don't remember. He's South American of some sort, I think, or Central American. His name's Israel Romero. And he's a Southpaw, Holmes. Let's hear oh, it for wow. the lefties, man. I always like a lefty because nice, I'm like, there ain't enough of us. We need to see more of those guys. So uh, this guy, uh, he's the showpiece of the band. He's got chops galore, Holmes. He's a fucking shredder galore. Uh, and the song by this band, Wrong Sides, is called Quietest Me. Let's do it. <laughs> for this to come out um smith cotson holmes oh yeah that's a that sounded like it's a really good album oh fuck it it's gonna be amazing um so they got the new single that came out a week ago called scars and uh-huh. dude just i mean the, everything i've heard from this just like holy shit this is gonna be fucking awesome man hell yeah dude. so right now one of probably one of the most anticipated records for me is this smith constant thing i don't know about you oh yeah totally uh you know obviously we love adrian we've been listening to him for a crazy amount of time and Cotson is he's got the goods man Fuck so, yeah. so the idea you, you had to wonder when they were going to get together and do an album like this like what was it going to sound like it, it is it gonna you know what Cotson generally sounds like and you know what smith yeah. generally sounds like by their daytime band so to speak so is it gonna swing one way or the other or will it be this new funky hybrid or who knows what but so far it just sounds like some fucking amazing kick-ass rock and roll man i agree holmes let's check out scars man Sometimes I feel 
Like a helpless child Alone in the night Sometimes I feel So far from the light Caveman to do the Captain Caveman. <laughs> oh yeah, well didn't Martin Birch pass away not too long ago, right? Or was that last year? I don't remember. I think my mind been. I'm terrible. He's the one that days. did all the classic Maiden records back in the day. And I, I always know. wish they would have worked with him again. I know that they I don't know if it was Steve Harris or Dickinson or whoever fell in love with Shirley's like producing, but he became the new Martin Birch for them, pretty much. Oh, okay. You know? Cool. So but yeah, if they would have done one more with Martin Birch or like Priest done one more, I mean, they're, I think they're working on something too. With, but if they did one with Tom Allen, fuck, it'd be a <laughs> badass, man. Get that yeah. classic sound going again, see what it sounds like. Forget about The age. Adrian Smith, mate. So he's fucking 63, I think. Damn. Well, 64. He just, his birthday was just uh, like a week ago. He's, he's 64. Oh, oh! I could have done the Beatles songs. He's close to retirement, Holmes. <laughs> so one more year, mate, and I'm done. I could get me my my checks coming in the mail. <laughs> no, nah, he's English. I don't know if they say do retirement over there. Who knows how it works? No telling. No telling. Uh, well, Holmes, that's it, and there it is, as you indeed. would say. I like it. And as a wise man once told me, he said, oh, "Ragman, uh-huh. brother Ragman." The acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. And the rock doesn't fall far from the pond. But that said, I can give you two big holes. Hi, this is Ronnie Atkins from Pretty Mates, and you're listening to Genghis and Rackman Show. Horns up.
All right, guys, you're on live with Ragman Mono E Mono. With I'm going to say a friend of the show. This guy's been on our show quite a few times, and he, I will say to this day, he's still one of my favorite vocalists, Mr. Ronnie Atkins. Ronnie, welcome back. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Always good to talk to you. Uh, this is a different occasion. I got to say, we've talked. I'm pretty amazed, and we talked to Nordic Union, and I remember the first time we talked to Nord- Nordic Union, I think it was the first record you guys did, mm-hmm. you, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, you seemed a little bit like, wow, this is just a thing, the recording, I'm just lending my voice, and I don't know, I could be wrong, it seemed like you seemed a little bit uncomfortable outside of the Pretty Maids realm, because it was, I think, one of the first things you had done outside of Pretty Maids, but... I guess my question for you, or actually answer that, and then I'll give you another one. <laughs> okay. Well, I, well, it was actually the first like full album I did outside of Pretty Mage, you know, because I mean, I never really had the, the, you know, the desire to do anything else. It was just, um, it was just a bunch of good songs that I got from Eric Martinson back then, and that's that's what made me do it really. And it was it was good fun to do it, you know. Um, actually, set back then to both the record label and Eric Martin said I didn't want to participate in the songwriting by all means because I wanted to concentrate on Pretty Mage, you know. Um, and before that, I think I've done some, just, just done some single recordings with Avantasia, you know, that was it. That was mainly a, a touring thing I did back then, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, the first Nordic Union album was my my, my first album out of Pretty Mage. That's true. Yeah. yeah, the stuff you do with uh, Avantasia is just awesome. I'm uh... Actually, another friend of our show is Eric Martin. He loves you to death, by the way. <laughs> I love Eric to death, man. My good old drinking pal. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He goes, Ronnie and I can knock him back pretty good. <laughs> we can, we we could knock back a few. Yeah. No, we had so much good time. Man. I love him like a brother, man. I haven't seen him for you know since 2019, you know. But we're sometime in contact, you know, on on the phone. So uh, yeah. I think he's pretty much locked up in this corona hell as everybody else is, right? So so it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to see him again. Hope I will. Yeah, he and I, we, we had a running joke that uh, we had gone. We were trying to see who could go longer without a shower during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He, we were calling each other. We were Onion Brothers. So. Onion Brothers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. I get so, it. Um, so I guess I guess my question was, you know, do after the Nordic Union, and I do remember you saying, hey, I didn't want to write, you know, I'm pretty mates, you know, so I don't want it to sound like pretty mates. I want to see what Eric does. Uh, did that get you to a point where you said it someday, maybe you want to do a solo record? Uh, no, I mean, not really. I mean, I've, I've been writing songs all my life, you know, and I had tons of ideas on my iPhone, and I actually been asked before to do a solo album, but I never really had the desire, the need to do it, because I had this uh, Nordic Union thing, and uh, and uh, had the Eventation stuff, that was way enough for me, I mean, so this time it was a different situation, and different location, you know, so uh, it was kind of, uh, it was just something else, you know, I mean, you probably come to that question, I don't know, why should I answer that straight away? why i did this album oh sure i mean you, yeah you can okay I, okay because you know you know i i was uh, you know i was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer in 2019 you know and uh and i was pretty much actually kind of cleared back in february 2020 and you know and only six weeks after i i had the the, the message that sort of kind of totally pulled the rock underneath me because uh 
I was told it spread to the bones, and I was now, um, uh, you know, stage four was the diagnosis, you know, when it spread with the blood veins. And uh, so, I mean, I was totally in panic for a while. And, and you know, I, I, uh, I had all these ideas, and I was writing a lot during the, at that time, even though I couldn't really fully sing because my uh, lung tissue was damaged because of the radiation therapy I went through. But uh, I still wrote a lot of stuff, you know, and, and I had a lot of old ideas and stuff. And I just thought these, these songs are all too good. If I was going to die, you know, in a couple of months, which I basically maybe thought, because I, I went in and I read the statistics, and they're very bad. You know, it's not—it's not fun reading. Um, so I was—I I was just like in kind of a panic stage, and, and I had these songs, and I spoke to Chris, my good uh, body and pretty mate, so the keyboard player, and also producer, you know. And he said, "Well, hit me, man. Uh, send what you got. You know, I'll do the instrumentation, send it back to you, so you can do the vocals and stuff like that." And and that's what we did. And um, it was so weird. It was so awkward, actually. And I was so much panicked that I, that I insisted on we did it that way. We did, did a demo, and I did the vocals, actually, the final vocals. And I sent it back, and then we did the instrumentation. So this was totally the opposite way around what we normally do. We, we do the basic tracks, and some of the last things to be done are the, the vocals. You know? And this way, this time, it was totally the other way around. And but I mean, besides that, it, it's been fantastic doing it because it's been like I've been using it as some kind of a therapy, you know, to, to focus on something positive, something good and, and try to park the disease, you know, uh, which, which I never really could or, or can because it's like uh, it's in your subconsciousness for 20 or 24 seven pretty much. Yeah. You know? But but it was a good way for me to uh, focus on something positive, something good, something I love doing. You know? so, Loved singing and you know writing all my life, more or less. Uh, I mean, definitely the last 40 years. So uh, it was just—it's uh, been a great thing for me to do, and and it is a little different. I mean, some of the songs I had, some of the ideas I actually were meant for. I, you know, I record every time I have an idea. I record it on my iPhone, and I, there was an idea. There's a song called "I Prophesize" in the album, which is where basically I found that I've just been going through my ideas, and it says like a possible PM chorus idea. You know, so I mean, some of the stuff could have been on the Pretty Mates album, and um, and some of it couldn't. But but I mean, there were anyway. The uh, there was no, we were in the lockdown, I couldn't see anybody, you know, I had to isolate myself because of my situation and uh, and everybody else couldn't travel out of the country or into the country or whatever, you know, so basically we I haven't seen the guy since more or less 2019, you know, so it's, uh, it, was a, it was a fucked up situation any which way you look at it, you know, and I just tried to get the best out of it, really. Well, well, the end result is just really, really strong. It's, uh, congratulations, it's a great record, man. Thank you very much, man. Um, you know, as I said, it's, it's not like, um, well, it, well, I consider this is, you know, to me, it's just like 11 good songs, you know, basically. And I, and I, and when we started out, I didn't really know where this would end, you know, because it's like when you write a song on a, either an acoustic guitar on a piano and the melody sticks in your head, you know, you've got something good going, you know, and then it's a matter of how you wrap it up, you know, it's a matter of uh, what direction you want it to take. So, so choosing Chris... As, uh, as my collaborator on this was was great, you know. I know he's so much into the '80s stuff, you know, and so am I. So we so we decided, well, let's give it some kind of. Um, I wanted it to be something that my fans and followers could identify themselves with, you know. And I guess some of it isn't isn't too far away from Pretty Mace or Nordic Union. That's the way I write. That's what I do, you know. But um, but this album is more um, reflecting, more personal, more emotional, melancholic, if you wish, uh, because of the situation, you know. It it 
also lyrically, you know, I mean, it's fucking hard to write about sex, drugs, and rock and roll when you're in the situation I was in back then, you know. And yeah. partly still am, you know, but I feel good. I mean, I mean, a year on, I'm actually feeling great. So even though the diagnosis is what it is, but I, I feel good. That's freaking awesome, man. And I, I did see something. Uh, you made a post online that said that you had gotten some good news. Uh, mm. So I was kind of hoping that uh, maybe uh, things were turning around as far as the health issues are concerned. Mm. Well, the thing is that I have to go to go through scans every third month you know, for the next year, a year and a half. In, well, for two years actually since it started, but then my the stuff spread, you know. So I'm getting immune therapy, and that's probably what keeps the devil from my from the doorsteps, I guess. That's pretty much what keeps me alive, I think. I mean, if you le- read the statistics, there's like two or three percent that I can survive this after five years, you know. But let we don't want to talk about that. But right. as I said, it's, it's really it's not fun reading. But um, but the thing is, I just went through another cancer scare actually because they found some. Uh, I went through a PET scan. Where they found some something that lightened up, you know, like like a lymph node in my lungs. So I actually went through uh, bron- bronchoscopy, uh, bronchoscopy. How do you how do you pronounce it? I don't know. But you know, but they took some uh, biopsies from some of the tissue down there. Mm-hmm. I had the results. I had the results last Friday. That was why I was over the top in the weekend, you know, because they told me there was no cancer cells to be found. So I was just so so relieved that I cannot even explain because i've been so concerned the last couple of weeks well i'm concerned every time i go down to these uh (laughs) to the doctors to talk to them every third month after the scans to see if they discovered something new you know but this time there was a there was a real alarm you know the the, the red red lights were on so i was i was super scared and really really uncomfortable so um i'm just happy that it it was positive i mean the diagnosis is still the same right it is what it is but I was really uh, scared that I, that it spread further, and I had to go through chemo and all that crap again. You know. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. So I'm just out. I, I could have went through the roof down there. You know. But it was such a relief. That's so, awesome, man. I'm, so I'm good. Well, I'm so I'm so uh, happy to hear that, man. That that's so awesome. I uh, and I want to applaud you for like uh, focusing on, you know, hey, I got these great songs. Uh, if I can't sing or if I'm going to be gone, I don't want these to die. And, and I don't know if you heard, but Peter Frampton did something similar where okay. he got diagnosed with, I think, ALS, where he's not going to be able to play guitar. So he did three yeah. records, you know, yeah. right away. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess he's going to release them sporadically. But it's okay. just these well, talents. A- so, I mean, it's awesome if you get, I guess, get the notice that, hey, something's down the pike for me. Uh to say, hey, I want to do this uh, and get this music out, you know, before I can't do it anymore. So, thank you for doing well, that, this, Ronnie. Yeah, but that, that's kind of how I felt, you know. The thing is that um, I had all these old ideas, but actually, I, I, I guess that seventy percent of the of what's on one shot, you know, was actually freshly written. And I borrowed a bridge part or a chorus or a middle eight from another idea. So the heart of the matter is I still got tons of ideas and songs, you know, which I'm working on now. So uh, now I've, I've got to set a new goal, you know. Let's do another album if I've got the time to do it. That's what I want to do. I want to do a second album, man. And um, and I have a, one another big, huge dream and goal is to be back on stage in some constellation, you know, in the future at some point. So, but I mean, you know, my 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 fate is not in my own hands anymore i mean my fate is is in the hands of the higher powers if you believe in that but um the thing is it's so the worst part about this is the fact i'm sick of course but also that i, I can't handle my own I, I can't 
predict anything. It's so damn difficult to, to plan anything, you know, because I don't know where I am in three months or six months and stuff like that. I mean, if I want to go on a vacation with my wife to Spain or whatever, or Greece or whatever, I fucking have to ask for permission, you know, because I have got to have a special go from the insurance company to do it, you know. So everything is just uh, so much more complicated right now. But uh, we'll, we'll deal with it as we've dealt with uh, everything else. I hear you, man. But it, it's it's just a it's just a new reality, and a fucked up fucked up reality too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but let's get the man. best out of it. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, let's jump into the record, Ronnie. Uh, it's one shot coming out on March twelfth on Frontiers. Uh, again, just a really solid record. Uh, a really kind of good mix of just good melodic hard rock with uh, some of the songs have a pretty good edge on them. Uh, I want to say one of my favorites is One by One, and I want to ask you about that one lyrically, because that one's one of those ones where kind of you were kind of saying you you were writing about kind of what's going on in your life, and I kind of got that the lyrics. I don't know if uh, you could expand on that a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, I can't fucking remember the lyrics for that. One. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember that song is one of the last one we did, and I remember Chris was so fucking crazy about it. He, as I said, he's an 80s guy, you know. And it, I mean, it's a good song, you know. Um, the lyrics is, is basically, uh, you know, when I was writing it, it's basically a little bit, don't take things for granted, you know, because you never know what happens. And it, it's that is kind of the overall theme of the whole album, I'd rather say that, you know. I mean, some songs more than others are about that issue, like, like you take the title track, One Shot, it's the same thing, you know. Uh, it's that we are living the now, you know. We, we never know what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. That, that's it. And and, and of a song like song like Real is is a little bit about the same thing as well. Because I mean, I was in, I was in the in, in in the song when I did a lot of these lyrics. Um, some of the first lyrics I did for the album was for, for these songs actually, and uh, and it was done in a period of time where I I was in panic and and. And, and kind of brief, if that makes sense to you. I don't want to sound like a drama queen here, but uh, but, but very sensitive and stuff like that. I think that happens when, when you get like a chronic illness, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, some so, certain songs are, are about these issues. They, they, I'm telling you, it's damn hard to write about sex, drugs and rock and roll when, when you're in this situation, as I said, you know. I mean, um, so at, at eventually at some point I have to kick myself on the butt and say, hey, you've got to write about something else, something more positive. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, it, if, if, if that was answer enough for your question, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, some, yeah, some, sure. some, some, something, something like that. <laughs> you well, know, I, I, I basically hate, uh, you know, um, I, I hate explaining lyrics, you know, because it's, <laughs> it, I do, I think a lot of singers or, or lyricists or songwriters do, because you write something when you're in the song and it makes sense for you, and I still think it makes sense, you know, but uh, but I like people to get something out of that song themselves, whatever they imagine it could be or mean to them, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. um, so, I, so basically, but, you know, some, sometimes I'm doing interviews with, uh, like, for instance, like, it could be a Japanese uh, magazine or whatever, they, and they ask me, or German, and they ask me, please, can you, can you please tell about all the songs from the album, all the lyrics, and explain every, each and every lyric for me? Oh, I fucking hate that. I just, <laughs> man, I hate it. I mean, <laughs> this guy, you got fucking a couple hours, pal. <laughs> but the other, 
on the other, yeah, man. I'm, on the other hand, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I mean, I couldn't pretend it was Tobias Sonnet should should be able to do that. I mean, all his lyrics are written on Redline, I guess. Well, <laughs> 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 no, no, we just it's a joke we have between us. <laughs> but, so, but you know, it's uh, it's just hard to sometimes it's really difficult to explain, you know. But I mean, some some are, some are pretty obvious, and sometimes. It's different. You're in a song. It's difficult to explain. You know, it's it makes sense to you. It might not make sense to everybody else, but uh, whatsoever. I get I get that. I get that. I'm a kind of a failed musician, and I remember I'd write lyrics, and a lot of them didn't make sense. <laughs> you just kind of fucking rhymed. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, but I mean, you basically, I'd like to write this. The, the lyrics on this album, let me put it that way, are more personal. Like yeah, I, yeah. And I always tried to write about something that made sense, something that people could you know out from an ordinary human beings perspective you know things that that concerns us all uh, not being political but but you know stick a little with my knife you know not taking saying whether I'm to the left or to the right you know but just write about things that concern us concerns us all and on this album there's some songs again about uh, like uh, picture yourself is uh, uh, I prophesize it's also about the climate changes and stuff like that and, and things that, that are going on in the world, you know. Um, before the rise of an empire, I was writing when all this thing happened in, in, in Belarus, you know, uh, all the demonstration and stuff like that, you know. So I just prefer to write things about what's going on in the world, you know, and uh, what I see, what I read and what I see on television and stuff like that sometimes. But uh, some, of the, some of the songs this time are more personal. And a little bit more emotional than probably before. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, the the U.S. has supplied a lot of lyrical content for you probably over the last month or so too, <laughs> with all the crazy shit going on over here. Oh, oh fucking hell, man. Yeah, but I'm actually, I was all, yeah, but, I mean, I'm, I actually, I'm not actually, actually picture yourself if you take that lyric. You know, it's it's, it's it's basically about the whole world situation. Because sometimes I think, why is this going on? This lockdown. You know, I've seen. Um, you know, YouTube clips people sent me from all these, uh, uh, what are they called, uh, pet markets, whatever they call them in Asia, you know, where they put in all, I mean, animals from all over the planet, you know, in boxes, you know, in a tiny little places and stuff like that. That's fucking not human. I know they're animals, but we should treat the animals with respect, you know. And we should treat this earth that we live in, this world we live in with respect. Treat Mother Earth with respect. We don't do that, and we haven't done that for ages. So maybe it's it's kind of nature's way of, of saying thank you for nothing, you know, like a payback thing, you know. I don't know. It's it's uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, but I mean, I just think that, that's how I think, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, I, I want to compliment you on how you start the record with real. Uh, and you did the video for this. So I want to ask you a little bit about the video, but dude, that's you know. Like you had mentioned, uplifting. That seems like it's just such an uplifting song, positive and just, I, dude, it's just, it's so strong. It stays in your head, man. It's, it's, it's great lyrically and just very melodic. I love the song, man. This good life, it's splendor.
Yeah, but I mean, I, that's, it's, I like the song too. And actually, I like them all. You know? But that's, that's probably one of my favorite songs from the album. Um, yeah, the lyrics are, are kind of just like reflecting, you know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of says no matter where you go, there you are, you know, I've, and as, as I say in the song, you know, I mean, uh, I've, I've done, been there, done that, you know, I had a good life, you know, but I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm still, still flying high like the eagle soaring high, whatever, I can't, I can't remember the lyrics, man, I got to go out and <laughs> songs, then I can remember the lyrics, but you know, I'm trying to be positive, because, uh, because, things are what they are it is what it is and i can't change that you know that's what i'm trying to say with that song so so um even though my my days may be numbered you know um, i just want to get get the best out of life and i, I don't have time for bullshit you know i mean it's got to be real that's basically what i'm trying to say how, how and, and that's, you, and that's we, what we, i always tried to be i mean like, yeah what you see is what you get there, there you go man yeah real get it no absolutely <laughs> real hey uh, well we... uh, and, and about the video let me put it this way that, that yeah. wasn't actually it wasn't meant to be a video actually it's edited by uh we, we just shot shot it like you know chris laney is having this project with my two old pretty mates cameras alan sorensen and morton Zanner, and all the guys from this project it's called at the movies oh and, well, yeah um, yeah 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 so that's those guys actually the foundation of the whole album it's the same musicians playing on my album because I participated in that uh, the movies in one song we don't need another hero uh, last year that was the first time I actually realized that after three months of coughing that I could actually sing that the pipes were still working so those guys they, they did this uh, re-recordings of old 80s hits you know from the yeah from the 80s <laughs> but and uh, and and uh, they did uh, these videos. They did themselves all the time. Uh, every every second week, they put one out, and that's the way we did this video as well. It was something we decided a couple of days before, a week before we put out the single, because it wasn't meant to be a video for that one. So that's a really, really, and it's edited by Alan Sorensen, a drummer. So uh, well, that's a story about the video, really. Just black and white, black and white video, and uh, and uh, it turned out pretty good. You know, it wasn't very costly. In fact, it didn't cost anything. So uh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that was the, the the first video was meant to be one shot actually. So we might do uh, one or two more of these. Why not? It's better oh, nice. to have something. It, it's nice to have something to look. If you listen to a new song, it's nice to be there's some visual stuff as well. You know, not not saying we look very good, but well, some of them don't. Look like that, <laughs> anyways, I mean, we're not young, we're not youngsters anymore. Right? We're not Duran Duran. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was gonna ask you about Bjorn and uh, Strid, and I knew it was from After the Movies, but so that you know, there's the connection right there. So I was gonna ask you, how did you get together? I guess put together the, like the guitar players that came in and did solos and stuff like that. Did you kind of just have a wish list, or I'm sure you knew a bunch of these guys? Yeah, but I mean, I, I did, but I knew Pontus Norgreen uh, from Hammerfall, and I've known him for years, and. Uh, and I, of course, knew Oliver Hartman, who's the only one who I brought in from Aventasia, because you know, uh, he came to visit me in August uh, with, with his wife, and he stayed here for a couple of days, and, uh, and I played him some of the new stuff, and he just said, hey, man, tell me, man, I would love to play on that, you know, and, and then he did, so he played three three solos or something. Um, the other guitarists, apart from Pontos, who was also in the, at the movies, the other guys were, were basically people uh, that Chris knew. You know, and said, well, those guys would love to play on the album. And said, should we give them a go? And I said, well, well if you say they're good and stuff like that, do it. Akima Cello, of 
because I knew I didn't know him, but I always knew who he was. He did one of my favorite solos in the 80s on uh, on Superstition. Uh, Superstition. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Man, man. I told him about that. Yeah, but that's a killer solo, man. So, and I told Chris that, and Chris probably told Key, and then I wrote with Key after he'd done the solo on Mayo and stuff. And uh, great guitarist, man, still, and uh, he's done a great job. They all have done a great job. I really appreciate. It. So, but so, so you know, so as I said, the foundation of this album was was by uh, the Swedish Mafia up in Stockholm. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, but they had at the movies uh, line up, and then uh, Chris knew all these guitar players, John Berg, uh, Alan Sundström, and I, I didn't really know them. Know them, and a, and, a, and a guy who plays some acoustic guitar is called Anders Ringman, who actually lives in Copenhagen, is on it as well. You know, so uh, and, and it, you know, all of the, all the musicians on this album, it's, it's great musicians. I mean. So I, I could have chosen other uh, people, you know, because we talked about it to begin with. But these are people that Chris was used to work with, and they were just around the corner, you know. So that was the the easiest way to do it, really. And and I, I forgot one to say, which is which has done a fucking fantastic gig on this one, uh, Linnea Wikström, uh, Ig, who is uh, this is the first time that uh, that I'm doing an album actually with somebody with a female singer, and she's done a fantastic job on three or four four of the songs you know and it gives some of the songs a totally different dimension and she's she's great at arranging uh, harmonies choir part it sounds like a gospel choir you know, sometimes and she's done a great job too i almost forgot her sorry linia <laughs> yeah yeah i noticed her i was like damn i like that element uh into your music with your vocals it sounded yeah, really yeah. strong I think it's great. When I heard the, the finished version of uh, Miles Away, for instance, you know, I was blown away, man. I was blown away. And on one shot, she's doing a fantastic job as well, you know. I hope I'll be able to work with those guys again. Absolutely. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Uh, well, I was going to mention Subjugated. It, that's the song I think Key does a solo on, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. I, that's another. I can pick out that tone anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he knew that I loved that solo he does at Superstitious. And if you listen to the song, I mean, it's uh, it's it's not too far away. Yeah. And, but I love that. I love that. I like it. Well, it's, uh, when you do it, let's go all in, man. And the song it's, itself is it's pretty 80s, you know, I'd say. So um, got some like like a sing along song kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I, I guess the last one I want to bring up is Scorpio, and that is just another killer track, dude.
Well, what can I say about Scorpio? It's just one of the... It was actually based around an idea I had uh, on piano. You know, it was like... Mm-hmm. It, 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 it turned into something. Chris, actually, when I sent the stuff to Chris, I, I played the whole thing on piano, more or less. Uh, uh, and when I sent the stuff to Chris, he had a totally other idea of it. So it turned into more like kind of a... We glued the parts together and it became more like... He, he, he heard it as some kind of a cheap trip kind of thing, you know, he said. So, well, let's go. I'll give it a, let's give it a go. You know, and that, so it, it just ended up like that. And um, I like it. it it's, it's a nice rocker, you know. That's, uh, I think we needed a rocker at that time. We just did uh, uh, one, two ballads and, you know, some of the more, um, you know, radio-friendly songs, I'd say, you know. Well, I... Scorpio could be that as well, but uh, I like the song. There's, there's, it's fresh and there's a good energy in it. I like it. I like it. And it's uh, lyrically, as I'm a Scorpion, so I mean, it's just like a, a zodiac thing, you know. If you, I don't know if you're into that, but uh, sometimes I was. I, every once in a while, I'll, I'll read the horoscope. It's usually not right for you. You, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how it is, right? You can always find something about these zodiacs. Yeah, that, that's me. That's me. But is that me? <laughs> no, not, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying. You know, you t- you you pick out the best things, right? Yeah, it's almost like a fortune cookie. When you open that up, it's like, oh shit, I'm gonna win the lottery. I better play. It's like, ah, I never fucking win. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, that's that's all I can say about Scorpio. Well, I do want to ask you. I saw uh, on your Facebook that you posted a picture of you and some fire. I'm, I'm mm. assuming that's the newest video shoot, but I don't know if you can let the cat out of the bag yet. No, well, it's no, it's just the video for the next single. I'm not allowed to actually. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't. I'll, I'll probably get a lot of shit from the record company. I don't know. Well, it's not but it's, it, but, but, but I'll, I'll tell you a secret. A secret. I mean, as long as you don't say it to anybody. Oh, now we on radio, right? Yeah. What <laughs> I, 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 I can say, it's a song from the album. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> that narrows it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't don't ask anymore. <laughs> okay, um, I won't. And it's from uh, it's from side one. <laughs> oh, well, is this released on from, vinyl? From the, side, it's from the A side. It's from the A side. Uh, no, I can't tell. It starts with a P. Okay. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a nice song. Uh, you'll see. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, uh, have you? I guess with COVID and I guess there's no real announcements of any sort of festivals this year, right? Um, well, the thing is, the thing is, uh, I don't, we don't really know if there's going to be any festivals, do we? I mean, that's yeah. the big question right now here in Denmark, for instance. I don't know about America, um, but in Europe, it, everything is very uncertain right now. I, I think it depends on how quick they get that vaccine out to people. And, uh, and this British mutation right now here in Denmark is is uh, is a pain in the ass, you know, so to speak, or may, maybe actually more in the lungs. But um, let's see. I mean, it's it's difficult for me by any ways to plan anything because, as I said, I don't know. I, I, as I said, I have a wish, I have a dream that I'll be back on stage, and I hope I will. But whether what constellation is going to be, and I don't know. I can't. I mean, I can't. I'm not in the position to set up a tour with. Uh, and pretty mates in, in the fall or anything like that it's that's i wouldn't know if i could do it you know yeah i wouldn't know so i mean i'll, I'll just uh, i'll just want let, to let's see what happens you know that that's where i am you know um i hope that it, that we'll be able to go to concerts again maybe in the fall you know here in europe anyway and um let, 
but let's see. Nobody really knows. And uh, there's so many people are so fucking starving for rock music and go live music. You know, go out uh, to see watch watch their favorite bands and stuff like that. And what what happens? It, it, I think it's difficult to predict, but I, I just know that there's so many bands now that have pushed their tours, and um, and there's such a big desire from from all bands to go out and play because that's where the money is. But the thing is that there's simply not venues enough for all those bands who want to go out and play. You yeah. Know? So, so, so I, it's really difficult for me to to to, to see the future of uh, life because I think there'll there'll be a transition in a year or two before things get get back to normal, at least. I, I think I think you're right. A lot, a lot of these yeah. venues shut down and stuff. Uh, a few of them are still kicking by some miracle. I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, no, no, but I mean it's. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it all depends on how, how fast people can get that vaccine so we can get back to normal. If not, a new fucking virus pops up or a new yeah. mutation or whatever, you know, that the vaccine doesn't cover. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm just imagining. I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult to say. But let's well, see. I mean, uh, I hope we'll be back, back, on, back on stage somehow as soon as possible. Oh, well. If 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 you guys playing something, I I want to. I've never seen you live except on video. So I uh, have a new lease on life uh, in my personal lives to where I have I can do whatever I want. So keep that for you. <laughs> you can guess that one probably pretty easy. I don't have a boss at home anymore. So I'm actually uh, planning to fly to Europe. I want to see Evergrey, DGM, and I would I to see Pretty Maids would just blow me away. Because I've okay. been such a fan for so long, so I mean, I, I envisioned. I don't. I wasn't sure how you could do any tour. I didn't know if if things loosened up, if you guys could do some one-offs here and there. If so, then I'm on a plane heading your way. That'll be great, man. We were also supposed to do one of these cruises last year. I mean, I mean, listen, when I got sick, everything was was just fucked up because it was very frustrate, frustrating for me, mm-hmm. but also for the rest of the guys in the band, you know, because. We had a brand new album, Andres Your Madness, you know, in, in November 2019, and we had a whole tour in January, February, and that that that's why I had to go out and say we had to cancel that day. The promoters asked that you gotta say why we have to cancel because I'm sick, I have cancer, you know. That's why I actually got out of the closet. With it. I mean, so <laughs> so, so, so no, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's yeah. um, So it's been totally frustrating to have an album out that we never were able to tour with. You know, it's uh, for everybody. You know, just a pain in the ass and then the COVID-19 COVID came and we couldn't do anything by any, by any means you know but with uh, with a little luck we could maybe have played some gigs in uh, 2020 and, and you know in August September I might have been ready to be back on stage after all the treatments and stuff like that so uh, yeah it's just fucked up really but let's see what the future will bring I hear you man well last question um Will there be uh, another Pretty Mage record or maybe another Ronnie Atkins solo record uh, next in your future? Or do you know yet? Um, again, it's, it's difficult for me to predict. All I can say is I'm writing songs now. What's going to end up is more likely a new Ronnie Atkins uh, album than a Pretty Mage album. We, we just did a brand new album. Well, we, we still have a new album out, you know, because we're another tour. Group, you know? It is and, so good. Uh, and, yeah, thank you. But I mean, we're not really uh, the band is in sort of a limbo, you know. There's not yeah. much going on uh, because we we're living we're spread out over Europe, you know. We haven't seen each other since the last gig in 2019. So let's see. As I said, uh, let's see what the future brings. That's all I can say. There's no plans. Well, Ronnie, before we let you go, is there anything you want to tell the fans out there? Well, I hope you like the new album. 
That's uh, very important for me that you do that. So please do. Uh, <laughs> no, I, seriously, I hope people like the album um, and take it for what it is. I'm a lot of grog album and uh, hope they dig the songs. And um, I hope I'll be able to write another album uh, recording. I hope I'll be back on stage as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's a dream. That's a dream for me. Well, Ronnie, we want to thank you for coming back on the Genghis and Ragman show here on the right to rock.com. We want to tell all the fans to grab Ronnie at Kinsello Record. One shot out on Frontiers on March 12th. Ronnie, yeah. always great talking to you, man. Congratulations. I really, really dig this record. It's uh, been on auto replay for the last 48, 30, 72 hours. I love it, man. <laughs> okay. It's really strong, dude. Congratulations. Good to hear. Thank you very much. I hope you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you very much. It was nice talking to you. Al. Joseph have lent us 13 to finish the show, so what you're listening to right now is 13 by Sonic X, so check them out, and keep checking us out, and horns up.